I am Morgan, aka Bon, and this is a gaming podcast about all of the news, reviews, and speculation around video games on all platforms and almost every genre. Please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast, as well as share it on social media and, I don't know, share it with your friends. If your platform allows it, please drop a review. If you are on YouTube, please leave a comment if you have thoughts on the show, a question for me to discuss next week, or to just help me out with the algorithm. Just say hello. Finally, if you are on Discord, please join the show's Discord link down below in the description. And uh, we can talk about games this episode and uh, anything else you fancy. We've been talking a lot about NFL. So, I don't know. Come by. Say hi. Thank you to our Patreon supporters this month, PK, Uber Timmy, Hassan, Christian, Manmade Golf, Grineau, and The Dawn. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash Diesel. Last but not least, please consider contributing to my 2022 Extra Life campaign by clicking on the link down in the description or in the comments of the YouTube video. Let's jump into it with some gaming news. First story we are going to talk about is Star Wars 1313 prototype footage being released. In an IGN article by Jared Moore, they reported the following, quote, New footage has been released from the canceled Star Wars 1313 project that shows off Boba Fett in action. It's another tantalizing glimpse of a much anticipated game that never came to be. Get the gameplay, which was uploaded to YouTube by Battlefront 3 archive channel The Vault in celebration of the game history project's sixth anniversary, shows off two clips depicting Boba Fett in action. Um, this gameplay, I noticed it first over on Twitter from Shinobi602, um, who's a big game commentator and leaker and so on and so forth. Um, and basically, it's just a bunch of footage of Boba Fett um, and uh, running around levels of different finishing uh, finished uh, quality. Some of these... Um, I think it was Coruscant maybe um, was one of the levels that looks like um, was like very finished and looked really, really good. Um, and then some was just some straight up gray boxed levels, which um, if you don't know much about game development, games get developed for most of the way in like gray boxed, very ugly uh, looks. And they kind of finish them up at the end is, is at least the, the impression I have. So, um, this looks really cool. This only kind of reinforces how sad it is that this got canceled because, um, it definitely gives that like PlayStation's, um, exclusive vibe and it would have been multi-plat. Um, to me, it kind of had like a, uh, like a rebooted, uh, the Tomb Raider or like Uncharted, um, kind of that feel to it. Um, it looked really, really cool. 
and it's a huge bummer that that happened. Um, it's also worth considering that this project being canceled is probably why the legendary Amy Hennig left EA and is now working for a studio called Skydance Media. So, um, what what's most frustrating about this, in my opinion, is that this game was in development and probably supposed to be released um, before. Uh, the Force Awakens came from Respawn and before Squadrons came out. Um, these were both from EA uh, and they literally came in at pretty much the tail end of this exclusive contract that EA had for many years with Disney to make Star Wars games. And before that, the only games they made, as far as I can remember, were Battlefront 1 and 2. Um, and those games were okay. Um, Battlefront 2 had a story mode that people seemed to enjoy for the most part, but they, they were just Battlefield games, basically. And people wanted more than that. They wanted some narrative games and things like that, and we just never got them. Uh, obviously, Force Awakens came out. A lot of people liked it. I personally wasn't a big fan. It's, it's very much a, like, Souls-like type game, um, and I don't, I'm not into those games. It's too punishing for me. I just, I, I kind of like to enjoy playing um, uh, single player games. Now, multiplayer is different, but single player, I'm not really looking to like be pounding my head against the ground. I kind of just want to have fun and see a cool story. So, um, so, you know, while EA kind of redeemed itself by bringing those games out, um, you know, this could have been. Uh, if this 1313 project came out and was as good as it looks like it could have been, then maybe Disney doesn't pull the ex exclusivity from, um, from EA because now we have other studios making star Wars games. Um, the, the, whoever made become human. Um, I believe they are making one now. Um, if you're a fan of this show, you're probably aware of Ubisoft massive. Um, they are now making a star Wars game as well. And um, while EA will likely continue to make Star Wars games, we know that Respawn is working on a sequel to Force Awakens. That I believe they have other projects in the works. I want to say Respawn is maybe doing more than just uh, Force Awakens. I don't know. You know, we they really wasted EA wasted that license for a long time or wasted that exclusivity for years um, and canned a game like this. You know why we'll never really know there's stories on both sides but obviously it led to some bad blood because a legendary you know game lead and amy hinnig left seemingly because of it so so yeah i don't know it, that footage looks great i highly suggest going to check it out um it will be in the link down in the description of the youtube video um if you want to check out the article from ign the second story here is talking about um, more NFT news. So an NFT interview with an Ubisoft vice president um, uh, in a finder.com interview with Chris Steed, uh, the Ubisoft VP, uh, Nicholas Poard, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, but I don't care. Uh, he, they had this back and forth and, you know, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll go more into it. Um, the question from finder.com, uh, finder.com's Chris Steed was, uh, gamer feedback to the Ubisoft courts and digits launch was generally negative. What has the feedback told you about the prospects of mainstream NFT success? Uh, Nicholas's response. Well, 
It was a reaction that we were expecting. We know it's not an easy concept to grasp, but quartz is really just a first step that should lead to something bigger, something that will be more easily understood by our players. That's the way we think about it and why we will keep experimenting. We will keep releasing features and services around this first initiative. And our belief is that piece by piece, the puzzle will be revealed and understood by our players. We hope they will better understand the value we offer them. So there's lots of takes on this. Obviously, if you've been following this general NFT kind of story, uh, they're not not great. And there's two parts to this. Um, It's one the talking down to the people who give this person a job, you know, the, the people who buy the games um, and who they're trying to get to do this, to help, you know, put more money in their pockets. And it's, um, it's, it will really, it's just that it's just the talking down to, but there's multiple aspects to it. He's talking down as if we're all a bunch of cavemen who can't, that the, the only reason we don't like NFTs is because we don't get it. That if we got it, if we understood, and the, this whole interview is like this. I, I'll have a link at the bottom um, in the comments, or you can go to finder.com and look up the interview. Um, this whole interview is is just, it's just this guy. This guy must be the one who's going to get fired if, if, if NFTs don't work. Because the entire interview is him just basically being like, uh, yeah, they're too stupid. And it's not we didn't do a good job of explaining because that would be different if they were saying, yeah, you know, we think there is a value in this, but we didn't do a good job of communicating that. That's a fair stance in my opinion, even if I don't think that there is value. And I think the reason we'll get more into it, but it's the fact that the attitude of, of old Nicholas here isn't, you know, you know, we, they don't understand because we didn't explain it's, they didn't understand Essentially, the attitude, in my opinion, is because they're too stupid. Um, and while I'll never argue that you know the 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 gaming hive mind isn't kind of dumb, um, I think the attitude portrayed in this whole interview, but especially this question, is um, is it, it's very typical. Whenever you see someone trying to explain the value, quote unquote, of NFTs, because the way the conversation tends to go in my opinion is check out this cool nft and then people being like why no i don't want that but then it's like but you don't understand this is great this is this does good things this has good value and then the response from people is well what is that like what tell me exactly what's the value what's the what's the advantage And then it seems like the response to that is like in this interview, well, you just don't understand, (laughs) you know, it's, it's so funny. And, and, and again, I've talked about it before, but what this stuff always feels like is like a used car salesman who you go and you say, oh, well that, that looks like it's kind of rusty and it's them, you know, basically, you know, telling you, nah, it's not rusty. This is a good car. This is a good car. But, well, but I see this and that and the other thing. Oh, no, no, it's fine. That, that's all. It's okay. You don't see that. No, it's fine. This car has great value. Well, it doesn't look like it has great value. 
and I don't know why I should spend my money. No, you should, because it's really good. Why? Man, it just is. Like, or, hey, man, do you want to sell some of these vitamins? I'm selling them, and you should, too. And if you sell enough, we'll both make money. Oh, well, what's so great about these vitamins? Oh, they're just really good, and we can both make money. Well, like... Like, are they better than regular vitamins? Oh, don't worry about it. Just, you know, it just comes off like like this weird kind of scammy talk every single time I see these conversations happen. And I've seen people say things like, well, like, you know, what if, you know, I, I want, you know, it seems like this is a very biased topic. So either you are super, super into it or you're super, super against it. And neither side seems to really explain their stance that well. And my issue is that if you look at those two groups, um, I think there's a lot of people who don't fully understand this. I won't even act like I fully do. Um, but it's 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 a lot of people who don't understand it or do, and they all think it's bad. And then the group that thinks it's a good thing seems to be the people who stand to make money off of it. I, I don't know if I've seen anyone pushing these things so hard who stand to not, to, to not get anything out of it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's tons of people out there who are like, I am completely unbiased and this is amazing. And I am yet to find any of them. So uh, this whole article was, uh, I saw someone tweeted, I think it was Emron Khan, uh, was like, this is like the most Ubisoft response to this ever. And it was just like, just this guy basically just, just giving a giant, two giant middle fingers to everyone and being like, you are all idiots and you're still going to buy our Far Cry and you're still going to buy our Assassin's Creed and you're still going to get our Rainbow Six skins and we don't give a shit and we're not going to do anything to make things any better. You know, you know, could we try to make some interesting, innovative, really high quality, polished games with stories you want to replay or a multiplayer that is like really groundbreaking? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to make NFTs because that's what we we care about. The quick buck we're jumping on to. I mean, to be fair, to give Ubisoft some credit, this is as close to a trend that they've actually been on time with. At least this isn't them making open world games five years after they were popular. At least this isn't them implementing features and mechanics into their game, uh, into their games. Um, you know, trying to make Fortnite, you know, five years after, however many years after that's already been done and that that niche is owned, you know. So, hey, at least the NFT thing, at least the most scammy, you know, weird thing that they could possibly get into. At least they came in early on it. You know, at least they they were real innovators in that space. Um, and, and I'm pretty glad to see them kind of take that one on the chin. So, um it's it's just it's really frustrating and and this as well as you know them not really responding to all of the the, the mistreatment and the shielding of abusers and things like that um I, I made this tweet you know on, on my twitter and i said you know in 2018 i was a ubisoft star player they flew me to los angeles for e3 they paid for a super nice hotel like a very nice hotel for multiple days for me to attend e3 to attend private events that they paid a ton of money for um to go out to eat multiple like like they spent a like you know a ton of money and i got to see a bunch of cool stuff and have a bunch of cool access i was into basically everything they were willing to show me and in four years not even four years three and a half years i now I'm not excited about a single thing that Ubisoft is doing. 
I'm not even excited about the division stuff anymore. If you know me as a division fan, uh, the division two content feels like it's two years too late. Uh, the heartland, who knows what's going on with that. Now it looks like one of the leads of that studio is not even there anymore. He quietly took off and went to another studio to work on a different game, which, you know, I'll, I'll let you research that on your own. If you care, um, I'm not gonna, that's not my business to really put out there right now, but I did notice it. I was shown it. If that person is uh, listening, I, Ubisoft is, they're doing nothing exciting. I, I am because I trust massive. I, I do think I do. I am excited to see what avatar and their star Wars game will be. And hopefully one day they do a division three. Um, but I don't care about anything else they're making. I don't care about the next Assassin's Creed. I don't care about the next season of Rainbow Six. I don't care about any of these. Sorry, any of these garbage games they're throwing out. Extraction, X Defiant, Frontline. I don't care. I, it, none of that stuff is interesting because we already know what it is. If it's not out yet, we know what it is. The next story is going to talk about one of those projects that they're now shutting down. I just don't. It's so weird how you know a self-proclaimed fanboy of this publisher now like i don't even i don't trust them to do anything cool anymore i trust the devs i trust the studios if ubisoft corporate lets them do something cool i think they can i don't think they will i think that ubisoft corporate is so worried about doing this kind of crap with these nfts and stuff that they you know they, they aren't going to green light some innovative really cool game uh, but they're sure as hell going to make sure that they jump on the NFT train as soon as possible. So I don't know. I'm very, very, very disenchanted by Ubisoft at this point. And to the point where like, if I had to list five things, I'm the, the five top games I'm the most excited about an Ubisoft game probably doesn't even land on that list. And that includes heartland and division two content and a one day division three doesn't even land on the list right now. It's probably well, number one, even though it's the furthest away, the next mass effect, um, probably Starfield, Hellblade Two, um, whatever Respawn's working on, and what's a good five? There's a few things that would probably fall in there, but I I just don't. Uh, this stuff this is frustrating because one, it's insulting to the people who they are supposed to be trying to make content for, and two, it just shows how how jacked up their priorities are just my opinion and 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 from previous topics i don't even want like I, I had said before that it'd be cool if xbox purchased ubisoft um i don't want them to i i i don't i, I don't want that to happen um I, I would rather ubisoft like buy like bioware <laughs> you know and and in and, and the massive the mass effect ip that would be way more preferential because uh you know at least like I don't know. I'll move on. But yeah, so here we go. So the next story is another uh, Ubisoft story, unfortunately. Um, and this one, my, my tone will be probably more even than expected. Uh, Hyperscape, uh, the, the Hyperscape Battle Royale is ending development and support. So in a blog post on the official Hyperscape website uh, today, on Friday, they said the following, quote, contenders which is apparently what they call their 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 players <sighs> we have made the difficult decision to end development of hyperscape and shut the game down as of april 28th 
we set out to create a vertical, close quarters, and fast-paced shooter experience, and we are extremely grateful to our community for joining us on our journey. We will be taking key learnings from this game into future projects. To the Hyperscape community, thank you for your passion and dedication to the world of Neo Arcadia from both inside and outside of the game. Your devotion to the game we built will always be cherished. Reach out to us if you have any questions. Sincerely, Hyperscape, end quote. So they're shutting down Hyperscape. So the, the kind of depressing thing about this story is that I, I, I bet... 90% of people forgot hyperscape existed. I remember it because I've been talking about it a lot. When I talk about this directive that, um, that led to hyperscape, uh, I'm under the impression that two or three years ago, uh, maybe even more Ubisoft basically put out something to all of their big studios. I know I've said this over and over. I'll get through it quickly. They said, Hey, use existing IP and assets to make a free to play and or double a price game. Um, and you know, do it, just do it. And what they were trying to do was to, they saw that Fortnite started off with their single player mode. And then that they, they essentially took those assets and made a BR and it's the biggest thing in the world. And so go figure <laughs> Ubisoft years too late was trying to basically copy that success and they failed miserably. Uh, uh, the, when we talk about the games that have come out of that initiative, um, hyperscape, the upcoming X defiant, which I'm not technically allowed to comment on but i'm not hopeful um let's see uh, phoenix rising which was actually pretty cool uh that, that's actually a pretty cool game uh that's the best thing that's come out of it um, we have that frontline game coming uh extraction which i'm super happy there's some people enjoying rainbow six extraction i can't even believe like it's so that is just it's so i talked about it last week it's generic i don't think it's very good i think it's going to disappear in a month maybe two but we'll see. Um, you know, the, the, this hyperscape was, it was the first one that came out from that initiative, as far as I know. And what, what's really kind of a bummer about it is I specifically remember, you know, you know, all of these Xbox, you know, all games at this point, but especially Ubisoft games, they always come out and they have like a hot week because Ubisoft pays a shit ton of money for people to play them for Dr. Lupo and Shroud and all these people. They, they just, they, they back up the dump truck full of money and they drop it and they say, Hey, make our game look like it's relevant on Twitch or YouTube or wherever. And, and they do it. One of my favorite things that happened, um, an example of this was when, when Ghost Recon Breakpoint came out. Um, look, I know there's some stands for that game. That game sucks. That game's awful. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of, of, of tiptoeing around it. Uh, that game is awful. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. And I played it from an early alpha build until just a few months ago when they supposedly did a bunch of updates and made it better. It still sucks. It's an awful game. But I, 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 I specifically remember that the, I think it was the day or the day after Breakpoint came out. Um, it's when the division two was still kind of popular, but not, you know, it had lost a lot and, um, uh, breakpoint had like 80,000 people watching, uh, breakpoint streams on Twitch. And I remember someone screenshotting it and then screenshotting the, I think the division had like a few thousand. It wasn't, it wasn't very much, maybe 10,000 and someone screenshotted both and was like, Oh, I guess breakpoint's a lot better than people thought. And then I'll never forget. I think I did it, but someone then like four days later, after all the streamers weren't playing it anymore, screenshot hit breakpoint again. It had like 500 people watching it because it's not good. And so 
Hyperscape had that moment. Hyperscape had that moment where they were paying all these streamers to play it. And the, and what's really a bummer about it is that there was a moment where you could, like, it seemed like a lot of these people were genu- were genuinely saying, like, hey, this Hyperscape's actually pretty cool. Because the way they did the BR, the way um, that the circle came in, I remember that being really unique. And the movement and the verticality, and, like, that's what they said in their releases, it, 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 the way of moving around the map was really unique. And... um and so it seems like it was a cool idea. And and this is a situation where like, I, I'll never, you know, uh, this is off. This sucks because there's developers who spent years on this and spent hundreds of thousands of hours on hyperscape. And in the, in the lead up to it, Ubisoft kind of pushed it and when it came out they kind of pushed it and then they dropped it dead <laughs> like and that's what Ubisoft does it's so annoying they they do an okay job of hyping their games up before they come out and then if it's not Assassin's Creed or Rainbow Six they just drop it dead on its face afterwards they 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 act like it never existed and and it's so annoying it's it's why I've argued for a long time I think the Division franchise could be their number one or two franchise if they properly supported it and properly allowed their developers to do everything that they intend to do with the brand but instead if it's not assassin's creed and it's not rainbow six you get to make the game until release you get to fix it a little bit and then they kick you on to the next project and and that really sucks and even though you know this hyperscape thing failing isn't that surprising if you've followed what's going on with it um it sucks because people spent an insane amount of time on this game and a lot of passion and a lot of you know a lot of heart went into this but uh, you know because ubisoft is borderline ballless you know has no guts anymore um they just kind of poop these projects out and then forget them and 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 i think that really sucks for the devs that that really tried here in the com devs and in the community who enjoyed it 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 is like i had to i I did chuckle a little bit inside when it said something like thank you to our community i mean come on it's got to be like 50 people like i'm not trying to dunk on it but it really can't be that many people because not only are they ending development they're they're shutting the game down on april 28th like that's it's not uncommon in this situation for them to be like hey we're not gonna put out any more big patches uh you know the development's basically done but we're gonna leave the servers up for the people who want to play there must be so few people playing this game that they have calculated it's not even worth keeping up the servers for like the rest of the year you know they, they they've done the calculations and it makes sense to just shut it down there must be so few people playing it that they're like yeah we're gonna piss off a couple hundred people maybe and that sucks because any project like that deserves more than what it got Um, i don't blame the devs i blame ubisoft for bad initiatives and lack of long-term support which is i think you could describe almost every one of their current ips like that even their successful ones if you want maybe totally honest um and like i said before i i would be surprised if frontline x defiant extraction all of these kind of follow that same that same path because they don't seem like genuine soulful like they they don't seem like they're being made because like ubisoft really believes in these games um you know this initiative from the get-go was just a chance to squeeze money out of existing ip that's all it was and while a game like phoenix came out which i think is legitimately really cool um and i'm glad and you know i think it's worth every penny 
Um, it, it sucks that, you know, these other games, you know, like Extraction and Hyperscape and probably Frontline X Defiant, you know, you can't count your chickens before they're hatched, but, you know, there there is a pattern here. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel bad for the devs is, is what it comes down to. Uh, a few quick stories here. Um, Crisis 4 was announced by Crytek with a teaser trailer, but no major details have been revealed at this time. Uh, the big joke around this announcement was, oh boy, everyone get your, you know, your video cards ready that you can't buy. And so everyone's going to be trying to run this like next gen game on their like 2080, you know, or hell on their 1060, you know. So, you know, interesting um, this is one of those things from some articles I read about it. Uh, there's a good chance crisis four isn't coming for like four or five years. So it's cool that they announced it. It's probably not coming anytime soon. Uh, halo infinite and Xbox announced that they have hit 20 million unique players, uh, in, in the game, which makes it the most popular entry at this point in its lifetime, um, in the entire franchise. Um, I, I as much of a, you know, Xbox boy as I am, and I did really love halo. I this this feels a little disingenuous because I I can almost guarantee they're counting the free to play multiplayer players into this, which is fine. I mean it's not hurting anything. It it is people playing Halo Infinite, um, but regardless, that's awesome. I hope that that amount of interaction means that they're going to um, put out more story content and things like that. I really hope we don't have to wait for the next Halo game to expand on the story. They they kind of insinuated that Halo Infinite is like a platform and they're going to add um, like entire like stories to it um, that we aren't expecting like an infinite two in three or four years. At least that's the impression I'm under. So good game gets lots of attention. It's always a good thing. Uh, the Unity engine, uh, which the main game I know of that uses it is Tarkov. Um, is teaming up with Ziva Dynamics uh, to create an Unreal MetaHuman com uh, competitor uh, that looks awesome. Uh, they put out a video. It's like an Uncanny Valley thing where like it looks so realistic, um, but it's like two. It, but your your brain like can still tell like that's not a real person. Um, so if you don't know what MetaHuman is, um, the Unreal Engine, which you know half of games are made on, um, has this MetaHuman tech, which was showcased in the Matrix. Uh, game demo that they put out a while back a uh, month or two ago and it's basically a system that uses algorithms um, to randomly create well it has multiple functions but one of them is that you can basically randomly generate NPCs in a game that will never look the same like you'll never walk by the same NPC twice um, or as was what was shown in the matrix demo you can have a whole city of NPCs that exist in day-to-day -day life. So you can have a city where there's an NPC that at eight o'clock in the morning leaves a building, walks a certain route, walks to their car, drives their car to a certain building uh, on the weekdays, you know, stays there for four hours and then leaves and then goes back and maybe goes to a restaurant and then goes back to their house uh, at 10 o'clock at night. And then they, you know, they have a routine and, and that routine is tracked and that's, 
hundreds of thousands of these. Like it's a really cool system that got shown in the matrix uh, demo. And um, that's super exciting. Um, the other part of it is that it, th there's a tool called MetaHuman where you can just, you can use this really easy to use tool that uses the unreal engine to design these people that you can make them look like a real person. And I think it can even take scans and, and use those. So you can like start with the real scan and then make it look even better or you can randomly generate and, and it does all of the animation, all the facial rigging and all this stuff. It's super cool. So basically what unity has done is teamed up with another, uh, you know, programmer who has this, um, this similar uh, thing, uh, for unity, um, unity, I believe the big thing with unity is that I believe it's either free or it's much, much cheaper to use their engine on a video game than unreal and even unreal isn't unreasonable um, but it's un they're under epic and if you know that whole saga that's a whole different story so um so this is cool competition is a good thing and um, unity providing that competition to a juggernaut like unreal um, for the most part especially in gaming um, one top dog doesn't innovate a top dog with other dogs on its tail uh, tends to work harder so Hopefully, uh, hopefully we see the results of that. Uh, the, the second to last thing here is Dying Light 2. So it's coming out really soon. Um, I'm so conflicted about Dying Light 2 and, and all the stupid 500 hour stuff. Like I'm past that. Um, my issue is that um, I like the what it, it looks like it's going to be like a really cool like Fallout ish RPG, which is really interesting. I think that that's something I could use right now. A game like that. My issue is I don't like games that have first person like parkour and, um, and melee combat. <laughs> and that looks like that's all this game is. And so this might be one of those where I might wait to see if this game comes to game pass. Eventually I, I can't really foresee myself dropping 40 or 60 bucks or 70 on this game right now. So, um, I, I put out the question to you and you can leave it in the comments or over on my Twitter at bond diesel. Um, are you excited about dying light two? Did you like the first game? Uh, does their campaign so far excite you for this game? And is it something you're interested in playing and checking out? Okay. My last story here, you know, I had to do it. You know, we, we just like, I used to be able to not be able to do a whole, uh, a whole, uh, podcast without the division two, which there was technically division two news this week. Uh, there was a listing for one of Ubisoft's Chinese studios that looks like it basically revealed like everything they're working on for this new update. Um, I did caution people in saying that there's always a chance that, um, because of some content rules and regulations in China, sometimes game developers make games or updates just for China. And, um, because there's certain symbols and the stuff you can't have in, in media there. Um, and so there's a slight chance that some of this really cool stuff they were talking about in this job listing may not be for any region outside of China. So, so just throwing that, if you see these videos that people are posting and, and making videos about it, about this job listing, which like, I can't even hate on that. I used to do it all the time. I just don't care enough anymore. Um, there is division two news. You're not going to get it from me this week. I, I I'll wait until there's something concrete to talk about. Moving on to my new love, Mass Effect. Um, so I finished Mass Effect again. Uh, this is where everyone can roll their eyes and, and, and click off the podcast, I guess. But um, it was interesting. So this time um, for, for Mass Effect fans, um, this was my fourth like true playthrough where I really like seriously played it. Um, 
And I did it as a Vanguard, which if you are familiar with the game is like a soldier biotic mix. Um, and again, did Paragon. I don't know if I can ever do a, 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 mean, a mean guy uh, playthrough. I didn't like it. I, I did not like the Vanguard class. I, I, I like the uh, soldier class, and, and that's something I've um, I've discovered about myself. So, um, this is the first time I believe I romanced like Ashley. I did uh, Ashley Miranda Ashley, and um, honestly, it was a huge bummer. I I didn't like it. Um, it's it's weird because they. Um, the Ashley character is there from the very start of the game. Um, just like for the most part, the Liara character is. Now, um, if you're not familiar with the series, uh, Liara is one of the alien characters, and it's pretty well known in the community over the years that she was the favorite of the writers. Um, and, and you can tell she's highly involved in everything. If you romance her, it's, it's the best quote-unquote romance because um, you just have the most interaction with her. There's the most moments between your character and her um whereas ashley is in the game just as much as her essentially and you don't get anything nothing um in fact in the third game i thought that oh because she's not really in the second game that much but in the third game she is and you literally basically don't get a moment of, of any type of relationship with her until the last two missions of the game and they're pretty good they're actually pretty great they don't quite make up for the fact that the rest of it's awful but yeah it was a real bummer so then like the problem with Miranda is that while her interactions in two are really cool in three she just gets relegated to like popping into the story a couple times and if you make one mistake she dies so I don't know it's it's such a good game I think I say it every week if you haven't played it check out the legendary edition it's on game pass now you know there's even on PC so there's no excuse not to try it it's it's interesting with playthroughs. I did start another playthrough. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is I'm going to have to like take like three or four month breaks between playing the game because I don't want to burn out because I'm not there, but I could be. And it turns into a thing of like, yeah, I, I, I know I'm going to need to try to stretch this for probably like three or four more years. And so, you know, I kind of have to, to dial back a little bit, but yeah, so here's my 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 weekly reminder. Play Mass Effect. Okay, listener questions. Master Prime has three questions per usual. Thank you very much over on Discord. Um, is Ubisoft a sinking ship? So they're still making money. Like they're making money, gobs of money, if anything. Um, the problem is, is that just right now, there's just like, there's no soul. There's no substance to Ubisoft, and, and it may be coming. Maybe the Splinter Cell game is going to be amazing. Hopefully, Avatar and Star Wars are going to be great. Um, I, I don't even want to talk about, like, well, hopefully next Far Cry is awesome. Like, it's, we, we already know today what the next Far Cry is going to be like. Same with Assassin's Creed, same with Rainbow Six, same with all these other things. So, Ghost Recon, like, we already know what they're going to be, probably. So, um... I don't think they're sinking, but I think they're a a ship adrift that the more they play into this NFT stuff and all that, they're only going to lose more will um, from their player base. And that's not good for a company like them. Um, so we'll see. 
Uh, the second question is thoughts on people using Twitch to decide if a game is dead or not. I mean, it's stupid. There's, um, th there, there's a very small niche of games that, that can even kind of judge that and it's multiplayer games because that's what's popular on Twitch. You know, single player games aren't popular unless they're new or unless they have like very dedicated fan bases. Right. So like, is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition dead as a game? Um, well, no. It's probably as popular as Mass Effect has ever been in recent years. But there's probably not that many people watching it on Twitch. It's it's not the most exciting game to stream, you know, or to watch. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's always been, that was always a big topic in the Division community of like, oh, there's only, you know, blah, blah, blah numbers. And I've even cited the numbers before. The, the times I've cited those numbers were after the two raids after the first raid came out um their viewership got boosted a ton it did bring a lot of eyes um the second raid didn't <laughs> so obviously the game had been through some trials and tribulations at that point but it was also just that the raids and the division i know people like them but they just aren't very exciting uh, you know the second one is mechanically complex and really cool but they just aren't that interesting um I think for raids and like that, like for that kind of content to be big, you have to have a game that's already very popular, like Destiny. And so I think that you can maybe judge some trends from viewership on Twitch, but I'm sure that there's some games that are massively popular that have no one watching them on Twitch. So I, I think the only time people do that and when is when it's convenient to their uh to the point they're trying to make uh positive or negative. Uh, the final question is, can a player feedback ruin a developer vision of a game? I think most devs at this point have basically learned to just ignore players. Um, they get so much more valuable information from analytics and you know stats that they can track of actual players. Because the problem is, is that player feedback, I would imagine typically comes from like 2% of your player base and and no decision should be made on that small of a percentage of people um, when you can look at so say someone says this gun sucks it's overpowered well they can look to see if that gun is overpowered or not if everyone's using it then maybe then oh okay yep but that's something they can do on their own they don't need someone to say it sucks or it's OP they can do that themselves and they do um on top of that, I think I've talked about this recently, uh, it is creators, you know, being input. Um, I'm a big Tarkov fan. I sincerely believe that there's influencers in the, in the Tarkov community who have way too much influence in that game. Um, you know, but that's just my opinion. What's interesting about it is that I... I think, and I've talked about this before, the problem is, is that influencers especially have a goal with content. They want games to be entertaining for them to stream and make content for. They don't necessarily if the games are good, care if the games are good, and they don't necessarily care about if the games are good for a lot of people. They care if the game is good for them to make money. And so, yeah, so in that case, like, yeah, feedback in general, I don't think is, is, is as useful as people think it is. I think feedback on bugs is the best feedback. I think feedback on mechanics and balancing and all that is almost useless. So that's just my opinion. And I, and I think most devs have realized that now.
we'll see. Okay, we're gonna move on to the content updates. So I am trying to consolidate my content. So right now I am currently using it in one way or another. Uh, Patreon, Discord, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, um, two different merch stores, and all of the different podcast platforms, especially Anchor, to actually post. Um, that's too much. Um, for someone who's doing this stuff as a hobby, um, for someone who would like to still, even though it's a hobby, would like to grow and improve my content and consistency and stuff like that, it's too much. Um... The merch stores, I can't, I haven't sold a piece of merch in like two years, if not more than that. Um, you know, it's just like even the Patreon, like I have seven patrons. I, I, I shout them out every week and I really appreciate them. One, I really question whether they're getting their money's worth. I don't think they are because I don't do that much exclusive stuff on the Patreon. The Patreon. And um, I almost feel like I could filter those people into other ways of supporting um, that would just lessen my load of things to pay attention to. And instead I could, you know, if I only thought about like, like the podcast and Twitch and made YouTube videos whenever I felt like it, instead of like feeling like I, I, like I always need to do something. Um, I, I feel like that would be a much better use of my time and I would probably do stuff more consistently in that situation. So um, so don't be surprised if something comes up soon. I am slightly considering cutting the Patreon um, and, and, and just saying, hey, if you guys want to still support, here's ways you can do it either through Twitch or if you don't want to do that, you can do it other ways. Um, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Um, the Discord, I would like to keep going and, and I would like it to, to fill it up with more people um, who are actually interact with my content, things like that, because right now there's basically just a bunch of people from the giveaway in there. Um, and yeah, in the podcast, I want to keep doing the, the podcast, this podcast will go on until no one's listening to it. And now while that, unfortunately the trend isn't great. Um, I, I don't think that will ever fully happen, at least not anytime soon. Um, and I suspect that when some division stuff does come out or even mass effect and things like that, that, that the viewer, the listenership and viewership will probably pick up. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I feel like I'm too spread out. And I don't do anything very well right now. And I feel like if I focus more on just a couple things, I can, uh, you know, especially the, the podcast and streaming um, or the podcast and YouTube and then just stream whenever I can or stream and podcast consistently and just YouTube whenever I can. Like that's the conundrum I have. So if you have any input, please let me know. Um, it's just for me, like I feel like I'm constantly saturating my social media and stuff with like, Hey, check this out. Look at this, donate to this, give money to that, pay for this, do that. And I think I have such a inactive um, community at this point that I'd be much better off. Like, and you know, maybe like once or twice a week promoting stuff I'm doing, but I'd probably be a lot better off promoting other people and what they're doing and just having more genuine interactions and not always feeling like, you know, three fourths of my posts are saying like, Hey, look at this thing, do this thing, listen to this, watch that, click on that thing. And so, uh, so yeah, so we'll be working on that and you may see some changes coming up soon. And that is where we're going to wrap this thing up. You can find me all over the internet as bond diesel, including Twitter, YouTube, and on Twitch. Uh, please consider donating again to my Extra Life 2022 campaign and check out my Echo Cast and Bond Diesel merch over 
on Streamlabs and on Design by Humans. You can look up the uh, the links for all of those things in the description or over on my Twitter at Bondiesel. That's all I have. So until next time. I'm gonna go